Welcome to the show. Good to have you along. Early on in the week, we talked about how Elon Musk was the host of SNL over the weekend. I think he did a great job, although I wondered if he would do a great job. It emerged that he is the first person uh, with Asperger's to host SNL. And boy, did he ever focus. I loved how he fully committed to his roles. However, some people would say he committed too much after Dogecoin took a big dump. It's a digital currency and it took a dump after he did a segment with Michael Che on Weekend Update. Uh, It starts with Che wondering what Dogecoin is. I get that. But uh, what is it, man? (laughs) I keep telling you, it's a cryptocurrency you can trade for conventional money. Oh, so it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. Uh, people wondered uh, why he did this when he was an early adopter of Dogecoin. They called him the Doge father. Uh, Tesla has announced yesterday that they will stop accepting Bitcoin as payment. And after that, it was announced uh, on Twitter, by the way, by Elon Musk. Uh, both companies took a dive in where the stock market was concerned. Here to talk about it, Carmi Levy, who is a tech expert and journalist. Welcome to the show, Carmi. Good to have you on. Great to be back, Kelly. Thank you. What is Elon Musk doing uh, when it comes to digital currency? It seems like he's trying to just blow it all up. He is. You know, he's a guy who he doesn't really seem to plan things in advance. I think he throws things into his Twitter feed to see what people or how people will respond. Um, And, you know, good, bad, indifferent doesn't really matter as long as they're responding in some way. Uh, He has achieved his goals. Tesla, very famously, does not have a PR department, doesn't have a marketing department. Basically, he is it. Uh, And so, you know, he's a lightning rod on social media. And a few months ago when he announced that, hey, we're going to accept Bitcoin as payment for our Tesla cars, it got a lot of publicity because up until then, no one had really taken cryptocurrency seriously as something that you could buy, you know, know, anything more than a pizza with. Uh, And so he got a lot of mileage out of it. But, you know, a few months later now, he's kind of having second thoughts or the company is kind of having second thoughts. A, most of us aren't using Bitcoin, you know, as a a means of buying things. It's it's an investment vehicle and a very volatile one at that. And at the same time, there's, there's this sort of realization that at the back end, Bitcoin is not very environmentally friendly. It uses a lot of computing power in order to be put into circulation. Okay, let me ask you about that. Tesla. Yeah. yeah, let me let me ask you about that because I I think it was really interesting. Michael J. pointing out, you know, pulled a dollar out of his pocket and was asking mm-hmm. about Dogecoin, Dogecoin on SNL and how you know I know this is a dollar, but what is Dogecoin? And um, you know what. What Elon Musk said, well, it's about as real as that dollar. But the reality is it's not something you can hold in your hand, digital currency. So when we talk about mining it, I mean, you're not digging into Mm -hmm. the earth. What exactly is going on here when it comes to the environmental impact if you're not physically getting anything from anywhere? So traditional currencies, you know, backed by governments, backed by, you know, major national banks. And, you know, that means that the the value is inherent in there. They put it into circulation. They control the experience. The value is sort of part of that sort of national connection. Well, cryptocurrency has no national connection. In order to be put into circulation, it has to be what they call mined, uh, which is basically it has to be uh, unencrypted. Uh, puzzles have to be solved uh, to sort of put them and you're using very high-powered computers, you're using very high-powered networks, uh, which, of course, consumes huge amounts of power. 
and so on the one hand, you know, Tesla realizes that as the value of Bitcoin goes up, that that activity to mine them and put them into uh, circulation goes up. It takes more and more computing power to put Bitcoin into circulation when it's worth fifty plus thousand dollars per than when it was worth twenty thousand a few months ago. Uh, so that's one side, not very on brand because Tesla is all about clean energy. And then the second part is is that this is so incredibly volatile that you know how do you plan? How do you build your mortgage around it? How do you how do you how do you build Build your, um, your sort of personal financial plan around something that can go down 15% in a couple of days based on what one guy says. So for all the promise that cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are the future of currency, that volatility means that average people like you and me aren't going to be diving into it. Investors are diving into it because it could be a great way to make a lot of money or maybe lose a lot of money. But as a day-to-day -day replacement for that dollar that Michael Che pulled out of his pocket, we are not anywhere near there yet. And chances are we probably won't get there anytime soon. How important is it that Tesla announced that they will not be selling any of their Bitcoin that they own when it comes to his announcement uh, that they won't accept it? Either? Um, I don't put a whole lot into that. I think they realize that investing like there's sort of two ways of looking at cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. One as a currency, kind of a day to day thing, it, it's a non-starter. We're not there yet. We're not going to be there. But as an investment vehicle, uh, it's it's incredibly if, if you are not risk averse. In other words, if you're willing to take a chance, you've got an iron stomach and you can handle you know, the big double digit percentage bounces day after day or hour after hour then, hey, have at it. And so I think really the only thing Tesla is saying here is that we think that it's probably going to go up. The value is going to be increase. We had we bought a billion and a half dollars worth a few months ago. It's worth in our latest statement, probably a couple of, you know, two and a half billion, maybe three. Uh, we think it's going to go up even more. So I don't think it says anything more than they have an investment. They think they're going to continue to ride it up. It doesn't really say anything about the future of Bitcoin, really. It just says that for now, they think they're going to make a few more bucks out of it. Okay, let's turn our attention to this Canadian actor. She is selling, uh, suing rather, social media giant TikTok over them using her voice without her approval. Can you give us the backstory here? Yeah, kind of frightening. Her name is Bev Standing. She's based in Welland, Ontario. She works for herself. She's, you know, in voice acting. Of course, as the technology gets better, it's a, you know, you know, thousands of Canadians are participating in this market. Uh, and so she did some work for an organization, a Chinese research arm of the Chinese government, the Institute for Acoustics. She spent days recording all these words and phrases, uh, and then uh, TikTok, and and didn't really know. And this is very common in the voice industry. You don't really know where that that content is going to go. You don't know how they're going to use it. Well, TikTok introduced, and TikTok is a Chinese company owned by a Chinese parent company. Uh, they introduced a text-to-speech feature last year that uh, it converts text into a voice. And all of a sudden, she started hearing from friends and family members, hey, that's you, because as more and more people, 690 million people use TikTok around the world, they started using that feature. And every time they included that in one of their videos, it was her voice that was on it. The problem is, is people can say whatever they want in her voice. So they can say profanities. They can say things that wouldn't necessarily be on brand, which, as you can imagine, for a voice actor, it means that she could lose contracts going forward. So she sued them. Yeah. You know, as a voice actor myself, that's what I do on, uh, you know, when I'm not doing radio, I'm doing uh, voice acting, I actually have an agent. And the reason why I have an agent is to protect you from things like this. I think this really is a story 
uh, largely about how people, um, you know, want to go non-union. And you have to be very careful about what kind of uh, deals you make when you're not having somebody looking out for you. Very much so. And, you know, the, the most famous case of this involves Susan Bennett. That name may not sound familiar, but certainly we all know Siri. Susan Bennett is the voice of Siri, but very famously, when she recorded all of the material that would ultimately become Siri, she didn't know who she was dealing with. She didn't know that it was for Apple. I don't know what the terms of the contract that she signed were, but she probably also didn't go through that contract with a fine-tooth comb to realize where this could possibly go. Uh, Apple then introduced this new feature called Siri on its new iPhone. The rest, of course, is history, but you're absolutely right. This is a, a message to the voice industry, anyone who wants to be in that space space, look at those contracts, make sure that you have the support that you need, because if you lose control of your intellectual property, it's gone. And, and these big multi-billion dollar global you know, companies uh, can very easily outlast you legally and take advantage of you and essentially crush you. And that's what's happening here. Never sign anything that you're not sure of where it's going to go. Never sign anything where there's a potential for you to lose control. And we're in 2021 now. The technologies that would allow companies like TikTok to take our audio, our voice, our video, anything that we've, any artifacts that we've left online and, and repurpose it into something, make a deep fake video that looks like us is incredibly sophisticated. Increasingly, you can do it on your phone. These big companies know that. And it means little people like us really have to protect ourselves by keep, keeping our eyes open. Carmi, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate you breaking some of these headlines down and making sense of what they mean uh, to the average person. Thank you so much. Always great being here, Kelly. Thank you. Have a great day. Carmi Levy is tech expert and a journalist and friend of the show.